The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. Hello, hello. It is 6.32. We hope you are okay and ready to go. It is Wednesday night, and we are ready to go over the next half hour to fill your head with employment law knowledge. And to that point, you know what? It's halfway through 2022. What? What you should know about your workplace rights? We'll fill you in in just a bit. That and the phone calls, of course, lines already open, ready to rock. Uh, 416-870-6400. Call in now. Ask your questions. Lior is standing by to answer all of them. 416-870-6400. Email if we get uh, some time. Uh, we'll try to get to it. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can use that anytime. doesn't matter if we're on air or not. And finally, free and anonymous information to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. As I mentioned, halfway through 2022, what you need to know about workplace rights coming up. But the case of the day, Lior, is always how we start. What do you got? To, what do you got tonight? Hey, Johnny, great to be here. Uh, feeling ready uh, to talk about employment law. So let's bring it on. I want a lot of questions tonight. I want to answer. Mm-hmm. I want to make people people feel better about their workplace rights. You know, I'm here to tell you how I can help you, but I'm also here to answer those questions, those nagging issues that have been bothering you, those dilemmas that you've had in the workplace. Maybe your boss is not treating you properly. Maybe your job is changing, your hours, your responsibilities, what to do, what to say. Maybe you lost your job. What are you owed? Is this legal? My gosh, we can keep going. Whatever the issue or the problem, this is the place and the time to call with those questions so you can get those answers. We'll give you, of course, the contact information to reach out to me in the office throughout the show so Mm -hmm. we can have a a chat and I can roll up my sleeves and get to work to help you. But case of the day where I always like to start while we're waiting for your calls, um, I I had a couple of online arguments today, if you will, John, with individuals and, and because they believe certain misconceptions that are very common. So I wanted to bring those misconceptions up. So the first argument that I had was someone that was telling me very certainly in, in his view that construction employees don't get severance. Mm-hmm, right. So he was adamant and he pointed me to the Employment Standards Act and he refused to, to accept anything else. Well, let's be very, very clear about this. Of course, construction employees get severance. In fact, a construction employee gets as much severance as any other employee based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And that severance can be as much as two years pay. So that's a misconception. It's wrong. As long as you're not part of a union, if you're in construction, yes, you get severance if you lose your job. The second misconception, another argument that I had today with someone was that person was adamant that someone that's on salary doesn't get paid overtime. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Again, you get paid overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week, even if you're on salary. You still are owed time and a half for those hours over 44. Now, there's some exceptions. A manager, for example, is exempt. A few other exemptions. But otherwise, yeah, you do get paid overtime. So uh, I I hopefully I set those uh, kind of misconceptions straight for those individuals. Same with you at home. Remember, construction employees, yeah, absolutely get severance. And yes, you do get paid overtime. It's not up to your employer. They have to, even if you are on a salary. 
Again, 416-870-6400, moving on to our topic. But the uh, top priority is always our phone calls. And in that regard, it would be our uh, pal Jim. Hey, Jim, thanks for standing by for a moment. How are you? Good, thanks. Beautiful. What's on your mind? Um, so our employer is the restaurants installed a new uh, camera, uh, which we don't have an issue with uh, in terms of video. But we've learned that it records audio. And uh, we think that's not correct. Is that true? Well, if, if you know, so in other words, if your employer is telling you, just so you know, I'm recording you, then in that situation, yeah, I guess they could do that. What they can't do is record uh, your audio, record your conversation without your knowledge. That's right. Well, they, record, they, re- they recorded somebody surreptitiously. Somebody got into trouble for something. And uh, this is how we know that records audio. But I so, thought uh, yeah. when we looked it up, I thought somewhere it says that there needs to be consent in the workplace for audio to be recorded and nobody's given consent. And I'm just wondering if that is, you know, as we have come to understand or not. You do need consent if the person that's recording is not part of that conversation. So, uh, right. so in they're, other words, they're not. They're, they're at the other then, end of a wire somewhere offsite. Then, arguably, that even could be considered a criminal offense oh. beyond just being wrong. It's a, it's not legal. So you may want to tell your employer about that. Maybe they don't know, or maybe they didn't mean it, and then they'll hopefully stop it. Or you can do what I often suggest: is let me tell them because they'll take me very seriously. Uh, because no, without consent, that actually could be a criminal offense. It's it's a big deal. It's not legal. Right. Do we have to give consent, or can we withhold consent? You don't. You do not have to give consent. Listen, at the end of the day, your employer can say, if you don't have consent, you don't work here. They're allowed to let you go, right? But they'll have Fair to enough. pay you severance. If they want to pay you severance, well, I mean, they could do that. So you have to decide that. But for them to simply decide we're going to record like it or not, no, no, that that's not allowed if the person recording is not part of the conversation. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate that. And you want to follow up with any other questions off air with Lior, you can do that. As mentioned, the uh, the phone number coming at you right now, one eight five five eight two one. 5,900, and of course, uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address as well. But uh, but there you go. Let's get back into our our topic of the uh, of the evening, Lior. And for anybody else, you still got time, so bring it on just like Jim, 416-870-6400. Okay, halfway through 2022, what should you know about workplace rights? First one, big one, temporary layoffs, especially now, and reduction in hours or pay are still, still illegal. So I wanted to talk about some of the big issues that, that I've seen in the first half of the year, things that you really need to know about, and things that I think will still be an issue for the remainder of the year. And the first issue, as you've just said, is this whole idea of temporary layoffs. So even though we're still you know, dealing with the pandemic, we're not fully out of it, and, and uh, you know, there's still businesses that have been impacted and are impacted by it, an employer does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff. It's been a big issue in 2020. I've seen plenty of employers putting individuals on on temporary layoffs, believing that they can do that. Well, let's be very clear. Your employer does not have a right to put you on that temporary layoff. If they do, you have a right to treat that as a termination of your employment and require your employer to pay you severance. Severance, as we know, can be as much as 24 months pay. 
So even if the company's struggling financially, even if they call it not a layoff, they call it an infectious disease emergency leave, the net result is the same. If you're put on that, you can treat uh, treat that as a termination. It's been a big issue so far in 2022, John. I think it's going to continue being an issue. So now you know you don't have to stay on that layoff. You don't have to wait and wonder how long are they going to keep me. You can make the decision whenever you want to treat that as a termination. Yeah, you mentioned big issue. The second one is probably just as bigly, or when I heard people talking about it today earlier on uh, Kelly Contreras' show, and that is if you lose your job or suspended because of your vaccine status, you may be owed compensation, right? Absolutely. Gosh, this has been a huge issue yeah. that first half of 2022. It's still an issue, and I do foresee it's going to continue being an issue at least for the remainder of the year, and that is your job being impacted because of your vaccine status. Now, this is not a commentary about vaccines, good, bad, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. This is simply what the law says in terms of whether you lose your job. If you lose your job or if you're put on an unpaid leave because of your vaccine status, either way, the law considers that to be a termination and you're allowed and you're entitled to get severance. Now, I know that most employers that put you off work because of your vaccine status don't pay you. They're not just going to pay you severance. Well, we need to push the issue. We need to get them to do it because they owe it. Oftentimes, employers may not even understand that they owe it. They think they can just require the vaccine, and if you refuse, then they don't have to pay you. Not the case. They do have to pay severance. The other thing, of course, with vaccinations is your record of employment. Right. In most of these cases, your employer is going to give you a record of employment that's not going to allow you to get EI. Well, we need to then get involved and, and get them to issue you a new record of employment so you can get EI. I can pay you up to a year. So in all those situations, remember, you have rights, you have options. If you find yourself out of a job, if you find yourself put on a leave of absence because of your vaccine status, we really need to talk sooner rather than later. And, uh, you know, a reminder, once again, anything that comes to mind for the uh, remainder of this show, you can still call in. we got lots of open lines, 416 870 6400 yeah these these things are not only reminders but people think they may they may have gone by the wayside or started to collect dust it is just not the fact another one here your employer must must follow all health and safety rules and protocols mandates that the government puts in place that's got kind of lax as well as far as that's concerned uh, sometimes too right well it's been a bit of a moving target right uh and certainly in that first half of the year with different rules different mandates different requirements restrictions But whatever those restrictions are, whatever the government says, ultimately, your employer has to follow those uh, requirements to a T. And the bottom line, the point of that is your employer has to take measures to keep you safe in the workplace. So they can't pretend that there's no obligations or their COVID's gone. And if your employer doesn't keep you safe, uh, if your employer doesn't do what the government's required, doesn't uh, follow the you know regulations, then there's recourse. You can refuse unsafe work. You can do that generally. That putting you in danger could be considered a constructive dismissal. So safety is, you know, that's not a cliche. Safety comes first. It really does, certainly when employment law. And I certainly have seen over the past six months employers that have not gone the, as far as they should to protect their employees and keep them safe. We'll try to get uh, Harvey in here before we uh, take a quick break in a couple minutes. Harvey, go ahead. What's uh, what's your question? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Um, Good, sir. My question today is I'm a truck driver. Um, I work on payroll. I'm pretty much doing 70 hours a week. But in my company, nobody gets paid overtime. I just wanted to know if truck drivers do qualify for OT. And just the second part of that question, just a quick one, is they put dash cams with an inner camera that records the cabin as well. 
now, can I block that inner camera or has to go through because it records our audio as well as the video? That's my question. So in terms of overtime, it depends on, uh, you know, the types of routes that you go and whether you drive out of province and out of country. Uh, in, in, if you're in the province, it could, it would, you'd get overtime if it's only 60 hours, if you work more than 60 hours. Otherwise, it's a higher threshold. But bottom line is, yes, you do get paid overtime if you're a truck driver. I would need to know more about your, your, your job to tell you what the threshold is. But absolutely, truck drivers do, absolutely do and are owed overtime. Now, with respect to that camera, I'll say to you what I said to the first caller. Mm-hmm. A, a video is fine. Audio is not, not without your consent. So you may want to talk to your employer about that. If you need help to push them or, or to talk to them, I can certainly help you. But to record audio without your consent is not appropriate. All right, halfway through 2022, what you still need to know about your workplace rights as we uh, plow through this year. More of that is coming up after the break. In the meantime, 416-870-6400. Bring it on. Want to talk to you. We'll continue Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Yeah, that should be our theme song, Taking Care of Business Indeed. Plus, it's Can Console. It's good for the station. It's uh, 647. There you go. It's the Employment Law Show. Welcome back to it. Lior Samfiru, of course, is here. Co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. When we're not doing this, 1-855-821-5900 and anytime help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, we're going to continue our uh, recap of halfway 2022 in the employment law rights you should still remember you have but first the phone calls always top priority sam thank you for standing by how are you tonight i'm doing well how are you brilliant what's on your mind uh company relocating out of hmm. uh, travel distance am i entitled to or i guess what sort of severance would i be entitled to and how would my employment benefits work so uh, when i say employment, all, meaning ei i guess EI, that's be. right so uh, the new um, location, tell me how it's going to impact your commute. How much more are you going to have to travel? About two hours. Ooh. Two hours uh, total no, I, or each way? I don't, I don't drive. I'm at, uh, I take transit. So I see. relocating so, out of Brampton to Guelph. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got you completely. So absolutely, this is a, a classic situation where this move would be considered a constructive dismissal. So if you ultimately don't make the move with them, the law was going to consider your employment as being terminated and you're owed severance. So let's talk about that. How long have you worked there for? Uh, Coming on about two years. Two years? No union? No. And what kind of a job, Sam, and how old are you? Uh, Laboring, I'm approximately 40. Okay. So you're probably looking at about three months of, of severance is what you'd be owed. And uh, yeah, you, you'd also be owed a proper record of employment uh, that allows you to get EI. So, so both those things have to happen. Now, here's the, here's the rub. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do either of that. Certainly not without our, my involvement. So once that move happens, okay, we need to speak and I'll get involved and I'll get you the severance. I'll get you the record of employment. If you simply say, give me three months pay and a record of employment, they're not going to do it. 
they're going to say you resign and goodbye. So we need to deal with that. But yeah, if they're relocating and it's impacting you to the tune of an extra two hours, absolutely, that's a constructive dismissal. Okay. Uh, You guys give the phone number, do you not? Or would I be able to get the phone number for contact? I will uh, give it to you right now, Sam, for sure, and I'll repeat it several times before we're out of here. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Real simple and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's get back into this. A reminder: halfway through twenty twenty two, that your workplace rights are still fully intact, and some of them are even uh, more to the uh, the foreground than before. This this one illustrates that precisely and that is mental health absences huge increase are common and legitimate the important word there they're legitimate they're real and they cannot be questioned by your employer Uh, certainly a common theme at least for me in my practice over the past uh, six months or so in 2022 has been uh, more individuals taking or having to to leave work for for mental health reasons Uh, you know there's various reasons anxiety depression other reasons Uh, All of those are legitimate, they're real, they're important, and just like with any other type of condition, all you need is a doctor's note. And if your doctor says you can't work, that's all that's needed. And by the way, you have no obligation to tell your employer that the medical issue is a mental health issue. Your employer doesn't have a right to know what the issue is. They can make whatever assumption they want, but you don't have to tell them. And I know that a lot of individuals may not feel comfortable sharing with others that it's a mental health issue. That's your personal decision and you don't have to. The, the problem, of course, with mental health, and I've seen this time and time again, is employers often tend to question it because you don't see that on an x-ray. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you can't see that with your eyes. So oftentimes employers that, that, that are, are, are faced with an employee that has a mental health issue, they question, are you malingering? Are you making it up? Nonsense. If you have a doctor's note, that's all you need. If your doctor supports you, you need to take a time off, then you can take that time off. And if your employer gives you a hard time, lets you go, threatens you, doesn't take you back, you name it, not only is that wrongful, it's a wrongful dismissal, it's also a human rights violation. So bottom line is, I know it's common, if you need time off, talk to your doctor. If your doctor agrees, gives you a note, you can be off and your employer has to allow that to happen. And another thing you should always remember still intact is accommodation based on family status. Maybe you have uh, family at home because of the pandemic. Maybe you still have kids studying home. A lot of parents aren't comfortable yet with uh, certain environments. Well, that has to be observed by your employer too, right? There's an obligation there. Absolutely. So in 2022, in the first few months of the year, uh, slowly but surely, employers have started returning employees back to work, back to the office, and that's fine. But what happens with those employees that because they were at home, they've now given up uh, on the daycare that they had or other childcare, and they had their kids at home. Well, now they have to find new childcare, and it's not trivial. You can't just make a call and all of a sudden tomorrow you have new childcare. So if you can't go back to work yet because you have childcare obligations and are legitimate childcare obligations, your employer has to accommodate you. That may mean giving you more time to work at home while you find childcare, Uh, you know, be more flexible with the hours. Whatever it is, they have to provide that accommodation. And as John said, that's under our human rights laws. It's, we call that accommodation based on family status. Mm-hmm. And if your employer doesn't want to do that, and I've seen this time and time again, employers saying, that's your responsibility, your problem, employee. I need you here Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. You figure out how to do that. Uh-uh. No. The law says, sorry, employer, it is your issue. You have yeah. to provide that accommodation. So what do you do if you have childcare issues? 
tell your employer, give them the heads up. Employer, just so that you know, I'm looking for childcare. I don't have childcare yet. I'm going to try to find it as soon as I can. Until that happens, I need some accommodation. Uh, You do that. You put that in writing. If your employer does anything to you other than accommodate you, you give me a call. Got a couple minutes still if you want to make a phone call here and talk to us, 416-870-6400. This next one, though, is uh, a lot of people are not, aren't sure about this because it's fairly recent, I guess, as far as hitting the news, and that is uh, you do have the right to disconnect, or do you? How about that? <laughs> yeah, so big news item uh, over the past number of uh, months, and certainly very recently, that Ontario implemented this right to disconnect laws, and it sounds good. And mm-hmm. listen, I think that... There is a real need for that because people are getting burnt out and there needs to be a way to ensure that people can disconnect, that they're not working at all hours of the day. I think that is absolutely needed. The problem, John, is that the government of Ontario, with all due respect, in implementing that law did nothing. All that new law requires is that an employer have a policy. It doesn't even matter what the policy says. <laughs> they just have to tick a box that they have a policy talking about the right to disconnect. Maybe the policy says, yeah, we don't really give you the right to disconnect. Frankly, that would be still in compliance with that law. Wow. The law does not actually give employees the right to disconnect. It just requires an employer to have some sort of policy dealing with that issue. Unfortunately, I think this is a missed opportunity for our, our government. It could have done much better for employees. Maybe it's only that first step and there will be other steps put forward to actually provide some rights and protections for employees. So uh, for those that, that believed and hoped that there is going to be a law and, and an employer can be punished uh, mm-hmm. if they don't allow you to disconnect. As things stand right now, that is simply, unfortunately, not the case. The last one on our list, again, is uh, really important. The severance offers are likely going to be worse than ever. Not better, worse. So, I've been been doing this for 20 years. It's going to be actually uh, 20 years in 2023 that I've been doing this. And uh, I, I always expect and I know that severance offers are not adequate. I've said this a million times. 90% of the cases when you're offered something, severance, it's a lot less than what you're owed. But over the past six months, I've seen severance offers become that much worse. So the gap between what you're offered and what you're owed is that much more significant. So bottom line, if you lose your job, that much more important than ever to get advice so that you don't lose out on the severance that you're legally owed. Let's get a quick call in here. Get uh, Antonio on the line as we wrap up. Antonio, what's your question? Hi, my question is, um, so I've had my wife that's been put on IDEL for since March of 2020, and she's no longer has any income because EI only lasts a year. And uh, when she was put on IDEL, she signed a form at the time to say that she was going to be put on IDEL. So it's unfair. I've gone through so many politicians and so many avenues, and I feel like my hands are tied, and there's nothing that I can do or my wife can do. She, and she's been there for over 20 And unfortunately, they all they say is you have to wait until July 31st when Adele ends. And I, I find that against human rights. I just find that this government has taken away the human rights of... Uh, but, but, Antonio, why didn't you just call me? I mean, we could have dealt with this back in 2020. I mean, she doesn't mm-hmm. have to stay on IDEL. She can treat that as a termination and, and get severance. I mean, the issue here is not to talk she, to the politicians. you got to give us a call. Well, she did sign a piece of paper agreeing with the employer 
that uh, that she's going to be put on Idel. So that's the yeah. But but you can't really agree to something that's that that's unknown because when she signed something in March, she couldn't have known that that means two years later and a half years that she'll still be off. So that doesn't really matter. She's owed severance. Let's talk about that and and let me help her because it's not a political issue. It's a legal issue. I can help her. We've resolved hundreds of of these Idel cases. So have her call me as soon as possible. Good way to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Antonio. That number as we close, one 821 5900 Get in there and use it. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. And finally, free and anonymous pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Back in here tomorrow night, another edition of the Employment Law Show. See you then. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Entertainment.